the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer near canada's wonderland in the maple auto mall luxury is closer than you think round one on round one laura babcock is here from power group communications host of the o show matt gurney is a journalist co-founder of the line an online magazine and john burnside toronto city councillor is here as well let's start with a poll fresh this morning that says olivia chow's approval rating has fallen from a peak of 75% to 55%. And Laura, I'll start with you. I can't think of too many politicians who have anything over 50%, so I don't think she's crying. Exactly. And she's swinging for the fences, which I deeply, deeply admire. Listen, that budget is not a popular one, but it's never made sense for cities to try to keep it at the rate of inflation and then let their infrastructure fall apart. And we need investment in our cities. They're getting bigger and bigger and more and more crowded, more need for services. And we need to make sure that we're building the deeply affordable housing that we are desperately requiring in this homeless and housing crisis. So, you know, she doesn't, I'm sure she doesn't care. She's still over 50%. And people are often judged, John, on whether or not they were bold, right? Whether I saw something yesterday just on success is, is less about a number of things than it is about being bold. She's being bold. And compared to our Mayor Andrea Horvath, who we can't even find on this issue or anything else, I think a lot of people are going to sit back and say, I don't like her policies, maybe. I didn't vote for her. But at least she's swinging for the fences and using her political capital early and often. It's funny you mentioned Andrea Horvath, and this is a bit of a sidebar, but I think I previously said she's gone, she's disappeared like a Russian submarine. Yeah, you called her a U-boat captain, I think, uh, <laughs> months ago. It's it's worse and worse and worse. Like, we just, we have no comment on our increasing homeless crisis. And other mayors across the country are at least speaking up. If they don't have the solutions, they're at least trying. Uh, and she's doing nothing. And then down the road, you got Olivia, who's not just, you know, punting the ball. She's she's hitting these, she's trying for the fences anyway. John Burnside, I guess if you pass the mayor in the hallway, you can say, not so powerful now. <laughs> <laughs> I may not try that right now, yeah. but um, no, look, I, I like Olivia Chow quite a bit. Uh, that said, uh, the polls are going in a, a negative direction, and I, I just think that she's concentrating on so many of the things that we're not responsible for. That's a policy discussion, and we can have, obviously have that another time. I think what she's done, though, is why she's going down in popularity. Uh, she's being smart. She's only... Uh, increasing taxes by 9.5% on homeowners, not apartment dwellers. Apartment dwellers, it's like 3% or whatever the case is. So it's a little bit of a divide and conquer strategy. And I think we can see where she's losing her support. The thing is, all this budget actually uh, addresses is this year's budget. That's all it solves. We're going to be back where we started again next year. And yes, you can go higher than the rate of inflation, but you can only do that so many times. Matt Gurney, you know, she ran on a platform where she said she was going to raise your taxes, and then she does, and everyone goes, what the heck? Yeah, um, I, I think I think that's true. I mean, I think that's probably just a reflection on human nature, which is why we're in this mess in the first place. We are strange monkeys, we humans, and we make irrational decisions. I want to, I, first of all, Councillor, I do definitely want you to do what John said. The next time you see the mayor in the hall, totally say that to her, because that would be hilarious. Or try to get it on film. <laughs> yeah, get those elbows up. Uh, I, I want I want to half agree with Laura's analysis, but I want to half disagree with it because I think. 
think Laura's analysis is effectively bang on. It's kind of how I look at it. Like, she, she, and John, to your point as well, she said she had to do it. She's doing it. It is bold. It is confrontational. And I think there is an appetite in the city for that. But I also think, Laura, just where I would disagree with you is kind of in the sense that, and people are going to love it because, I mean, objectively here, 20% of people don't seem to love it. Her approval rating has dropped by that much. So I think we can maybe look at what she's doing as necessary, even if unpopular, but we have to acknowledge the political cost here. And to the councillor's point, you know, you can't raise uh, property taxes above inflation year over year. Well, I don't know. You can try, and they, they probably will eventually. But I do think at a certain point, Olivia probably had enough political capital to swing for the fences once. Maybe she'll have enough to swing for the fences twice, but she's going to have to make some structural changes using the time she's actually bought for herself here. Because fundamentally, I think we would all agree you can't do this over and over. You can't lose 20 points each budget cycle and then not find yourself in trouble three years from now. Let me stick with you for a second, Matt Gurney, because this is as much about pop culture as it is about politics. An Ontario brewery held an event. The Prime Minister was present and then all of a sudden there were all these online negative reviews. Plus, they were getting flooded with all kinds of hate via email and other platforms. And, you know, first of all, for me, I never believe reviews because they're either written by the person who owns the restaurant or somebody who's got a grudge against it. But this, for me, is more about the polarization of things and how people don't just disagree with Justin Trudeau or Pierre Polyev. They hate them. Yeah, no, that's true, and it worries me, but I also think one of the problems we have, and believe me, I I can identify the problem, but I can offer no solution. One thing I don't think we have figured out yet, and I am no different, I don't hold myself to a higher standard because I can't figure it out either. I don't know how we as a society respond to 500 jerks who are organized. And I think this is an issue that comes up a lot where um, in in our day and age, where the media is smaller than it used to be, when polling in as, as an industry is under siege, when a lot of us, frankly, lead more isolated lives than we used to, we rely on the online sphere to kind of give us those little anecdotal what's in the wind indicators than we used to. And 500 motivated jerks on a Reddit page or on a closed Facebook group or on a Telegram channel can organize, we use your, your example, John, they can organize a like a spam campaign against some restaurant where a politician made an appearance. That's horrible for the people operating the restaurant. I genuinely feel terrible for them because in my conception of politics, there's no room for that. But I honestly don't know if this reflects a broad-based social movement or, like I said, 500 jerks distributed across the world's second largest country who are organized. John Burnside, I wish I had screen screen captured it because yesterday morning I went on Yelp and I looked at the review views. And there were several falsely cheery ones where I guess they were trying to cheer up the guy who owns the place. And then there was one that was just an endless rant about how horrible the service was and the beer tastes bad and the politics suck. You know, I find this sort of behavior uh, very discouraging when people inveigh against a small business for purely uh, conducting business. And that was the word of the week, inveigh, which is to speak or write about something with great hustle. You're going to have to get a gong or something. Uh, I I knew that was the word the minute you said it. I just saw your eyes light up. Uh, But, you know, conservatives especially are supposed to appreciate business, recognize the struggles of business, uh, brew pubs. You know, they've come out of the uh, COVID in, in, in dire circumstances, many of them. And to all of a sudden go 
to town on a company that is purely conducting business, I think is disgusting. And I wish someone like the Conservative leader would stand up and say, hey, we're all in this together. This is about business. They can host whoever they like, uh, and we need to support small business right across the country. But Laura Babcock, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen to Pierre Polyev and some business he associates himself with. I hope it doesn't, because so far, and like Scott read this morning, let's not get into false equivalencies. We haven't seen the propensity for this uh, as much in sort of center or progressive politics. Sure, there might be some extremes on the left, but nothing like the the regularity of this. Because John, you follow me on Twitter, you've seen I get this every single day. Oh yeah. Every single time I post about Ford or Polyev, I get inundated, and it's not 500 angry people organizing. It is much broader than that. It is a global movement of online harassment. Often it's paid for. There are organizations that get paid to do this. There are bot farms. This is a thing. I know it because I've been in the trenches with it for a number of years. And I listen very carefully to U.S. politics so I can understand how they manage it there. So this is not something that we're seeing, you know, progressive, progressive left. This seems to be a tactic, uh, a tactic of authoritarianism. And I'm not saying that Polyev is an authoritarian. But if he doesn't disavow this kind of stuff, if he doesn't say what we just heard a moment ago, that this is about small business in this country, and I used to run a chamber of commerce, like protect the small business. Uh, if he doesn't disavow it, it's going to grow. And so then what does that leave us with to a solution on this? We have to be, those of us who believe in protecting each other and their, our right to do business and our right to disagree without hate, we need to be louder. And we need to say that, no, this is not going to root itself in Canada. We're not going to let it happen here. If you want to protect that business, then you go support that business. And if you see people being trolls, you call them out. Is physical punishment for a perceived slight, well, I guess it was a slight, but is that just part of the grand game of hockey? John Burnside. Well, you know, um, no, I don't think that is part of the game. Okay, it was, you know, both guys who have to put their, you know what, back in their pants. Um, Taking the slap shot into the empty net, okay, it was poor sportsmanship, but I don't think that raises to the level of getting cross-checked in the head. And I I just don't know how anyone can can support that kind of behavior. Because let's face it, uh, kids look up to, to pro athletes, and you're setting an example for others. It's not just what happened there, it's the example you're setting for others, and I think that needs to be punished. Yeah, I think that's an important point, Laura Babcock, because a lot of people are saying that this is just a part of the game, and it was perfectly acceptable, including uh, the coach. And I, I think some you know, 14-year-old watching that thinks, oh, okay, well, maybe I can try it. Well, I mean, they say, I saw some comments, it's okay to react. Well, yeah, it's okay to react to anything in life, but not not with violence, because then it makes you look petty, it makes you look out of control. And I know we, we haven't, we're still all in the uh, sleep hangover of last night's Super Bowl, but I'm sure once we get over the glow of the win and Taylor Swift's hug and all the rest of it, you know, I didn't like it when I saw Kelsey get that aggressive with the coach. He, he might have been all hyped up and angry in the moment, but I thought, what example does that set? You know what I mean? To sh- kind of shove a coach like that. You know, we have to learn, as we just discussed, how to deal Deal with our anger in ways that are nonviolent. You let violence be excused every time somebody's reactionary, it slips into our politics and we're in big trouble. Okay, listen, I want to hop to something else because uh, Matt Gurney, you're here and a lot, of, a lot of your work is about security issues and global issues. Uh, Donald Trump says that he doesn't really care if countries aren't going to pay for NATO defense, then Vladimir Putin, quote, can do whatever he wants. 
How dangerous is that? Uh, first, one quick, real quick reply to Laura. She says she's in the sleep hangover phase. I envy her. I'm just into the hangover phase now. The sleep hangover phase was better. Um, it, to, to your question, it, it's extremely dangerous. Um, and I see Senator Marco Rubio today saying, uh, we don't have to worry about it. He shouldn't be taken literally. He, he's not a normal politician. He doesn't speak that way. Yes, he does. And he might not be a normal politician, but he is probably a 50-50 chance of being the next president of the United States. I'm, I'm not desperately searching for a silver lining here, but I hope the other allies, very much including Canada, start listening here. The United States may not be, I don't know for sure, but may not be a reliable military ally anymore. And that's going to change the defense calculus for the entire Western world. I wish I had the sense that any of our politicians in Ottawa were paying attention. Yeah, John Burnside, not a lot of time on the clock, but um, Rory O'Neill, the reporter, was with us and he said, well, you know, the voters don't care about NATO. Yeah, but NATO cares about NATO and so does Poland. Right. And I, look, I'm no fan of Donald Trump, but he's been warning allies to start paying their fair share for at least five or six years, maybe eight. And, you know, it's kind of a bit rich for, for Germany and France who aren't paying their 2%, forget even Canada, we're just a, an embarrassment, to get up all, all upset when Russia has in, invaded the Ukraine and they're still not paying their fair share. Uh, you know, uh, I say not a fan of Donald Trump, but someone needs to start listening and doing what they've agreed to do. Although maybe we should just come up with some sort of a cap and trade system of including the money we sent to Ukraine in domestic defense spending. Just an idea. Thank you all. Good to have you. Laura Babcock, uh, Matt Gurney, and John Catch Burnside. The round, table. round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.